Hey there, guys. Welcome to episode 5 of Dulux Radio with Rain. This week, there's not a ton of news. We're going to go over uh, some of the different uh, tournaments and decks that were seen in those tournaments. A little bit about how I'm doing on the KC Grand Tournament and what to expect going forward. Alright guys, strap in or strap on. It is this week's episode of Dual Links Radio with Rain. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we can't play Yu-Gi-Oh! in stores, so most of my show focuses on Duel Links. And what that has to do with this next discussion is um, Konami recently announced that they were going to make it so that you could do remote duels. Now, what their idea is, is you take a webcam or a smartphone and you place it so that you can see uh, the, the dual playing area and you're playing your opponent through distance. Um, the other methods that um, they are accepting for remote duels is through Duel Links, which is something that we all play. That's why I'm doing a show on Duel Links. And through uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. And what's going on with that is now they're doing select prizing uh, through OTSs, which is official tournament stores. So... What you can do is uh, you go onto Konami's website, look for the official tournament store, and then through there you can get in contact with them to go through and get uh, into tournaments. Now, the thing about that with the duel with Duel Links is um, they are giving away prizing. Now, how are they doing it? They're doing it digitally. Uh, what you're getting is you're getting a play mat and you are getting uh, sleeves that depict uh, remote duel on it where it normally says Duel Links and uh, it has the Vagabond and has the Vagrant on the uh, on the playmat so something that they're trying out um, to get this whole remote dual thing going on um, only problem right now is in for the TCG side um, they're only doing remote duels uh, in Europe so anyone who listens that is a EU player you can get on there and start doing remote duels, which, I mean, it's something. Um, I know a lot of people enjoy doing tournaments and, and whatnot, but, yeah, so through Duel Links, you get... Um, it's it's kind of a neat-looking uh, playmat. It's got uh, the Vagabond laughing in the background, the Vagrant uh, doing, you know, the little uh, Vagrant pose that he normally does. Um for the TCG as well, uh, they are giving away two um, special promo cards. There, it's a secret rare version of United We Stand with uh, blue writing, and a secret rare version of Guardian Angel Joan with blue writing. So, something that they're trying out, I guess. Um, you know, get people back into actually playing the game, um, because. Right now, there's not really any way other than playing Duel Links. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm not in EU, so I can't really 
get involved in it. Um, they're not really doing anything over here yet, but I'm sure when they allow that, um, I'll get in contact with my tournament, my normal tournament store and see if they'll post something. Um, it would probably be something that, uh, would be very interesting. Um, also kind of in the weird news, um, Konami is doing some, um, neat partnerships, um, through Bandai. So, um, in Japan, they actually released a star chip bangle, uh, which it's, you know, like a bracelet, but it looks like a star chip. Um, they also brought out some rings. Uh, they have a Seto Kaiba ring, which just depicts the KC, KC symbol on it. Uh, they also have a, a Tem ring, which uh, basically shows uh, the Millennium Eye, which is in there. Um, yeah, so um, in Japan, the Starship Bangle, or Starship Bangle, is 11,000 yen. And then the, uh, the rings are... Uh, 13,200 yen each. So not not too bad for people who like to collect different, um, you know, different merchandise when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, we don't get a whole lot over here because uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is not as, um, as popular over here as it would be um, in Japan as far as um, the massive population kind of getting into it. So, um, I know a couple of guys that, uh, listen to the show, you know, they've been mentioning that, uh, they miss me talking about the TCG. Um, most of the reason why I'm, I'm going into it here. The reason why I don't really go through too much of the TCG stuff anymore is we really can't play it. Um, so if we really can't play it, there's not a whole lot of use of me just going through and explaining stuff through the TCG. There are plenty of um, YouTubers out there that you know are, are going through the whole TCG stuff, explaining everything when it comes to uh, what what's what they think is good, what they think is bad. I'm not going to go through that too much um, just because um I don't really see any kind of point at this stage. Um, it's not really going to be something that uh, that we can really talk much about to play. You know, I get excited about this game because I get excited about playing. And if they're not really releasing products, which, I mean, they are now um, starting to kind of push some stuff out, but there's no way to really get it for for me um my official tournament store is not open so uh you know and i'm not gonna go pay uh walmart prices because i i don't know if anybody plays and would go to you know a walmart to get their cards but walmart here in canada where i'm from uh their prices are actually a lot higher than my tournament stores so it's better for me to go to a tournament store and pay, you know, $5 for a pack over Walmart that charges, you know, closer to 6 or $7 a pack. 
Um, my tournament stores also charge less for starter decks and, and boxes and different things like that. So um, the only time I really ever get got any products from a Walmart is uh, when they when they had um, different starter structure decks that um, were older that they brought back that maybe I didn't pick up. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the idea behind that. Now, um, we're going to talk about some of the um, just different decks that I've noticed um, that people were playing through um, a few different tournaments. Now, the, uh, the tournament season is, is still moving pretty, pretty rapidly in Duel Links. Um, and we have seen some odd different decks being played. Um, first one I want to go through is, um, one of the Gauki decks that, um, that I recently started playing. Um, it was first place in Anytime Season number 26. So it does, um, it did win something, <laughs> um, and what it is is so it's a Gauki deck, um, and they're using the skill Endless Trap Hell. Um, what Endless Trap Hell is is it is a Odeon skill. Uh, you get it by um, having Odeon at level twenty, and it's a skill that was nerfed a while ago. Uh, what it is is it can be used when you have three or more trap cards in your graveyard randomly add one trap card from your graveyard to your hand then return all other trap cards into your graveyard to your deck this skill can only be used once per duel originally you could use it as many times as you want so um, now you can only activate it once now what this deck is it's as far as the goki line gauki line um it uses three copies of the Gauki Suprex. It uses three copies of Gauki Rai Scorpio. Two copies of Gauki Twist Cobra. Uses one copy of Gauki Iron Claw. And it uses three copies of Gauki Octo Stretch. Um, now, you know, this being um, a Endless Trap Hell deck. It has a crazy trap lineup. So, uh, what it uses is it uses three copies of Drowning Mirror Force, three copies of Phoenix Chain, three copies of Mirror Wall, three copies of Counter Gate, three copies of Defense Draw, and three copies of Wall of Disrupt Disruption. So, essentially, you're looking at 3, 6, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 traps. There's no spells. Um, what the deck does is it uses the spells and traps to disrupt any kind of play, uh, to stall out and draw uh, using the, uh, the defense draw and using the counter gate. Hopefully you'll pull a monster that you can normal summon. Um... One of the big stars of this deck is the Gauki Rai Scorpio, uh, because Rai Scorpio, although it is a 5, it can be normal summoned if you control only Gaukis or if you do not control any monsters. So as long as you have, um, as long as you don't have another 
another type of monster on your field. Uh, you can summon it normally. And um, it has 2300 attack, which, you know, it it's uh, it's kind of a sweet spot if you're playing Gauki. Um, it boosts uh, Twist Cobra pretty nicely. Um, use Twist Cobra to pump it up. <clears throat> or you can, you know, use it to pump up Twist Cobra. Um, the Octo Stretch, the Gauki Octo Stretch, uh, basically is more of a hand trap. Um, when I played, when I tested out the deck, um, I found the Octo Stretch really didn't come in handy too often. Um, basically, it's you discard it so that you take um, the damage you take from any kind of battle is halved. And then when your opponent activates an effect that would inflict damage to you, even during the damage step, um, that would half the effect damage as well. So it was just basically to, you know, if you're going to get, um, if he was going to hit, say, like a Twist Cobra, you could take half the damage. Um, right now, it works really well because there are a lot of, um, a lot of OTK decks, uh, the DDDs, um, I found are very prevalent in the Casey Grand Tournament, and the one DDD monster um, goes for, oh, he goes up to 6,000 attack. So halving that that damage uh, saves you in a lot of games. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of other ways to boost up some of your uh, Gaukis. So um, basically you cycle through your Gaukis because uh, anytime one of them is taken off the field, you add another one to your hand. So generally you're going to add, you know, the Suprex. If you already have a Suprex in your hand, you're going to add uh, the, you know, either the, the Rye Scorpio or the um, Twist Cobra. Uh, if you're going for game, you, you go for that Twist Cobra effect to send a Gauki and then you add the iron claw to your hand to give it that extra 500 attack that's basically the the combo um through that and then you're using all these battle battle phase traps to basically just um, minimize your opponent's attack so it's uh and then in the end you put all the traps back into your into your deck so just repeating itself over and over again it is a very good control deck. It's um, duels are long and grindy, so I played the deck for a bit and I switched it up. Um, that was one of the first decks I played in the KC Cup, just or the KC Grand Tournament, just because I wanted to try it. Um, so my Akashi is a deck that um, I've been kind of messing around with. Um, most of the people who play it, um, they play a few different uh, skills. Uh, Tournament-wise, I see a lot of see, or, see you later. I see a lot of uh, level augmentation. I see straight to the grave. Um, they all are not uh, not bad, but not as good as what I've noticed as far as um, doing well. Um, they are a very solid uh, one big play deck that uh, does what it does well. But I, um, I have seen, and we've talked about 
um, a few Mayakashi builds uh, that I think are uh, a little more stable. Um, they they move the deck fairly quickly. Um, the build that um, we were talking about uh, during the round table, I find no one's really doing that um, except uh, my friend Kyler there from Duel Links with the Boys. Um, that build, essentially what it does is it turbos through everything. Um, the only bad part is it doesn't really have a lot of a t uh, protection. So you're hoping that you're drawing into everything you need so that you can OTK. Uh, so that's kind of where it's gone for from as far as what I see being uh, a viable deck. Um, he was using Drag Down to the Grave. I think he's changed over to running. Uh, he has three copies of Dark World Dealings and... Um, He's just running basically more of a, a, a draw quickly turbo build. Send stuff to the graveyard so that you can um, bring back the fox and uh, and be able to uh, pop a monster, pop a card on the field type thing. So that's that's what's uh, going on with that. Um, then he's banishing the, the monster out of your opponent's graveyard, which that kind of helps that. So, um, yeah, Mayakashi, it's a very good deck, but I don't see it being um, anything that's high up on the tier list right now. Um, the other deck that I have noticed is, um, you know, being won in a lot more tournaments, um, it's Crystrons. Um, they've the deck is basically fairly similar. Uh, the only difference is they have added um, Gizmak Yada as another one of those uh, level five um, monsters when it comes to their um, when it comes to their start because um, they're using heavy starter skill, uh, which is the most consistent skill for them. So uh, what Gizmek Yada does is you can special summon this card from your hand by tributing one normal summon monster. You can only use each of the following effects of Gizmek Yada, the Gleaming Vanguard, once per turn. During main phase, if this card was normal or special summon this turn, you can immediately after this effect resolves, normal summon one monster. If you do, you cannot special summon monsters for the rest of the turn except monsters with the same original type as that monster. If this card, special summoned by its own effect, is tributed, gain 2050 life points. Um, it's 2050 attack, 2050 defense. It is a level 5 machine, and it is light. So the idea is, in Crystrons, is it's the level 5 to go up to 7 or 6 um, or whatever else. Uh, if you're going in, you can use it to, um, to turbo into your um, quadrant hydrax as well so it's just another level five for that for that whole engine they like fives uh five plus two plus two or five plus three plus one you know they're they've got a lot of different options that way so um it's 
it's a, uh, I mean, Christians are a great deck. They're very fast. Um, they're very efficient. And, um, you know, they're, they're not, I, I wouldn't say they're as big brain as, um, as ritual beasts can be. Because ritual beasts, I feel like they tend to have um, more thought going into their plays. Christrons have a very linear path. If you learn how to play the deck, um, it's very, very much the same play over and over again. Um, so it's big brain at first, but after that, once you get your, your few plays that it has down, there's not really that much to it. Um, yeah, so that's one of the other top decks that I have noticed that is making uh, a few waves as far as differences, you know, everyone knows Christron is a top tier deck. So, um, the deck that I'm running right now in the KC cup, um, I've switched a few times. So I started out running the um, I started running the Gauki deck. Uh, I also played Maikashi for a bit, um, but I noticed that I was running into a few different decks, and we're going to talk about those decks right now. All right, DDD. So there are a lot of DDD decks out there. Um, I've been playing against a lot of them, and they're not really that difficult to get by. I just found that the control decks that I was running are a little slow and as far as um, the games go. And you want to rank up, you want to level up fast. It's not a good idea to play controlly decks. So that being said, uh, like I said, DDD, I've seen a lot of those. Um, I've seen a lot of Dark Magician. I've seen a lot of um, Blue Eyes decks. Um, you know, those are the decks that I've been, uh, encountering probably the most. Uh, there's been a few others, but those are the ones, the main ones that I've been seeing. So I want to go fast at this stage of the game and to go fast, you got to run an OTK deck, which if you've listened to my podcast in the past, I'm not a huge fan of OTK decks, but I digress. I have quite a few OTK decks, so um, I run Black Wings for a bit, and they've they are incredibly, incredibly fast. But I wanted something faster. I wanted a deck that I could just go one turn and win. So the deck that I'm using to do that one turn win is what I call my Kaiba Dirty Avatar Dragon deck. Now, what is the Dirty Avatar Dragon deck? Well, it is Dragoonity. So, I'm just going to go through this crazy little Dragoonity deck. Alright, so, Dragoonity decks can't be a Dragoonity deck unless you're running three copies of Dragoonity Kaos. So, what Kaos does is, Kaos, when he is uh, equipped to... A Dragoonity on the field. You can bring him from the Spell and Trap zone to the main monster zone, and he can be used as a level 2 or a level 4 monster for a Synchro Summon. He is probably the most important card in the Dragoonity engine. 
the next one is three copies of Dragoonity Sentis. Now, Sentis is your playmaker. He is the other main uh, monster that you need for most of your combos. Uh, what Sentis does is he's a level 4 winged beast. He's the winged beast to the dragon. They are winged beasts that ride dragons. So, he's level 4 wind. You can discard any Dragoonity card to equip one Dragon-type Dragoonity Tuner from your deck to this card. Also, you cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck for the rest of the turn except Dragon-type monsters. You can only use the effect of Dragoonity Sentence once per turn. If Dragoonity cards you control would be destroyed by battle or card effect, you can destroy one Dragoonity card equipped to this card instead. So that comes up a few times, not very often. Most of the time you're going to make Sentence into something else. Um, I'm running a couple copies of Dragoonity Ducks. Uh, what what Ducks is, is if you do not win on your first turn go off, uh, Ducks basically is your second chance to um, get your Dragoonity back from the grave. So what he does is um, he's a level 4 wing beast, 1500 attack, 1000 defense. This card gains 200 attack for each face up Dragoonity card you control. When this card is normal summoned, you can select one level 3 or lower dragon type Dragoonity tuner in your graveyard, equip it to this card. So going into your, your play. I'm running three copies of Dragoonity Arma Mistletane. He is the level 6 dragon. Um, what he does is if you have a Dragoonity monster on the field, you can send that to the graveyard to special summon him. Uh, when he's normal summoned from the hand, you can select one dragon type monster in your graveyard, equip it to him. So he is another enabler for the play. I'm running two copies of Forbidden Lance. I'm running uh, two copies of Hatronade. I am running three copies of Dragoonity Divine Lance, which what Divine Lance does is you equip it to Dragoonity, which allows you to get a tuner from your uh, deck and equip it to the monster that, that Lance is equipped to. Um, another unknown fact um, to most people who don't like to read cards, um, the other thing that Divine Lance does is it makes your card not affected by traps. So, and it also gains attack equal to its level, the equipped Dragoonity monster, which is part of the OTK. And I run two copies of Cosmic Cyclone because, you know what, I, I can't always af effectively trust Hate Grenade. Uh, Cosmic Cyclone is specifically because a Necro Valley will basically make this deck irrelevant. Now, for the monster lineup in my in my extra deck. I run two copies of Dragoonity Knight Barcha. He is the level eight uh, synchro. He's got 2000 attack, 1200 defense, wind. Um, what he does is when he synchro summon, you can select any number of dragon type Dragoonity monsters in the graveyard and equip them to him. And he gains 300 attack for each. Um, which that effect is almost not needed uh, as far as the attack because you're just ladder climbing him to get my buddy the king of the dirty avatar dragon deck which is Dragoonity Knight Ashalon um, he is the 10 star Dragoonity monster
what he does is he is 3300 attack. He is 3200 defense. He is a dragon synchro. One Dragoonity tuner, one non-tuner. You can banish one Dragoonity monster from your graveyard. Then target one monster your opponent controls. Banish it. If the synchro summon card in its owner's control is destroyed by a card effect, opponent's card effect, you can special summon one Dragoonity synchro monster with 3,000 or less attack from your extra deck. It is treat treated as a synchro summon. You can only use the effect of Dragoonity Knight Ashalon once per turn. So, um... What's important about that? Now, number one, it needs a Dragoonity Tuner and a non-tuner monster. So, if you're in the unfortunate um, play where they Lava Golem you, you can use Lava Golem as the 8-star to go with your 2-star uh, Kaos to bring out Ashalon again. Um, you're running three Ashalons because it is the most important card in the deck. Um, you're banishing monsters, uh, which is great. Um, it this deck now um, the only like I said the only trouble that I had with this deck back when I ran it originally was cards like no or effects like you know skills like no mortal can resist. Um, you know. Uh, that was a, a huge pain in the butt when it comes to this. Um, Necro Valley hits this deck pretty hard because you're having issues with targeting cards from the graveyard. Um, so that's why it's important to get rid of your back, your opponent's back row. Um, other than that, this deck gets through pretty much everything. Um, there isn't really a whole lot of issues with that. Um, I have even kind of turboed through a lot of things. There's some pretty good plays, uh, especially if you have, um, say, like a copy of Dragoonity Kaos in your hand with a Sentis and a Mistletane. And, you know, if you, you open them up with that and a Hatronade or, um, or even a uh, Divine Lance. Uh, you can really go off. Um, you can consistently summon um, two Ashalons. Um, the other thing is um, it goes off very well with that. Um, if you get two Ashalons on the field, it, they honestly, when you get an Ashalon on the field, normally people quit. Right away, once you start going into your plays and they know they don't have anything, they quit pretty quickly. Um, Dark Magician decks, um, the the nice part about having those uh, Hatronades is, you know, everyone knows the Dark Magician play. So what the Dark Magician play is, is you play Circle, okay? You summon your, your uh, Magician's Rod, then you set a face down card. I don't know what it is. I don't know that that's what that is. So what their hope is, is you're going to play a monster. And then they're going to activate their magician, their, their magical navigation, magician navigation, which then will bring out two dark magicians and banish your, your stuff. So you activate that hate grenade. So they have to summon their dark magicians right away. 
And that's great for us because then we are going to go into our Dragoonity play after that, which then we're going to banish their Dark Magicians. And that is just the easiest way of getting through it. Um, if you have the, the, the best opening hand that this deck can really have, um, you can pretty much... Um, pull out two echelons, get rid of two dark magicians, uh, tack their face up um, magician's rod, and then the other echelon will go in and attack for game. That's pretty much that play that I've seen at least a dozen times on the KC Cup. Now, what skill am I using for this deck? Of course, I'm using peak performance. Uh, peak performance just kind of gives everything a little extra boost. It puts Ashalon up to 3,500. Um, Normally when you go into... So, say I don't have uh, Mistletane in my hand. Uh, when you go into Barsha, you generally um, have two, two cows in your graveyard. Which when you go from that into... Um, when you go from Barsha to Kaus, um you would summon both Kauses. So you would have the 35, and then you would have the Kaus, which, which uh, would be 1,200 attack. So that, that puts you over that 4,000. Um, there are some people that run uh, life-boosting skills. I don't know why, but they do. So then you're into the 5,000. Sometimes that can be a, a bit of a pain for the deck because you're just getting almost 5,000. Sometimes you'll have that extra boost of the Divine Lance, Dragoon Divine Lance. Um, the nice part about the Divine Lance is with that Divine Lance, you're able to um, put Ashalon up to 4,500 attack, which that is a lot more, um, that gets you to that point. So basically you can game that way. Uh, most people know the Dragoon deck. Um, so like I said, the, the big problem is that um, basically flipping them face down so people who are playing a more controlled deck like um, Elemental Sabres flipping the Dragoonity face down does very much affect that deck um, it makes it very difficult to play so normally if you're trying to turbo through a ladder climb um, those are the things that you're going to look out for and basically that you're an auto lose at that point so um just move along you know take the loss or quit the match to go to the next one um it it's a marathon of sprinting at this point so uh we have until the 12th to get up to um uh, dual level max which is 25 okay that's the main thing guys this time we have to get up to 25 um there's a lot of gems to be had so um, I would definitely get into that. Um, we have Mission Circuit going on as well at the same time. So if you're, um, if you're looking at what's going on as far as in Duel Links, uh, Mission Circuit, uh, the card they're giving us this time is called Changing Destiny. It's a normal trap. When an opponent's monster declares an attack, target the attacking monster, negate the attack, and if you do, change it to defense position, and it cannot change its battle position while it's face up on the field. Then, your opponent chooses one of these effects. You, 
the opponent of this card activator gain life points equal to half that target's attack. Or B, the opponent takes damage equal to half the, the target's attack. So either they're going to take damage or they're going to give you extra attack. Now, it is a normal trap card. If this was a counter trap, I would say it would see more play. Uh, being that it's a normal trap, I honestly don't see it being anything other than um, maybe something that a free-to-play player would, would use. Um, yeah, I can't, like I said, I don't really see it as being anything um, widely played. Uh, you get it at 140 laps, so it'll be a while before you get to that. Um, the other cards that they're giving away are is another copy of the um, the Horse of Floral Knights, which uh, when you're normal summoned, you can add one normal knight spear holder to your or a polymerization from your deck to your hand. Um, I'm gonna go through spear holder in a minute. There is a is a little play that I I've I've seen quite a bit with spear holder. Um, you do get a copy of Gravekeeper's Visionary. So that is, um, it's a decent Gravekeeper card. Uh, you can tribute summon him by tributing one Gravekeeper monster. The card gains 200 attack for each Gravekeeper monster in your graveyard. If this card would be destroyed, you can discard a Gravekeeper monster instead. It starts out at 2,000 attack, 1,800 defense. It is eight stars so it's uh it's it's not a bad card it's okay in gravekeepers uh we're getting in a copy of ojama country which i mean um like i have two already and uh fire sorcerer you're getting a copy of that that's pretty much the uh, the cards that they're giving you in the in the mission circuit this time um that is pretty much the i would say the important stuff uh, we got card flipper going on as of today. Um, it's an Amazonist trainee, which uh, I've got enough copies, so I don't know if everybody's got them. Uh, Amazonist trainee is a level four Earth warrior. Uh, monsters destroyed by battle with this card are returned to the bottom of the deck instead of going to the graveyard. If this card destroys an opponent's monster by battle, it gains 200 attack. So not bad in an Amazonist deck. Um, we also get Enchanted Fitting Room in that, um, which it's a pretty good card for um, uh, level three or lower normal monster decks. So uh, Enchanted Fitting Room worked really good in um, in Ojamas. That's I remember playing it in Ojamas uh, back in the day. I used it in a Moki Moki deck. I remember that, um, which is kind of eh, whatever. So. That's pretty much the the news right now. Uh, we are training a Karibo. So uh, remember that when you're playing. Uh, if your Karibo's glowing, try to get into um, into that uh, into like a, a ranked match. Because if you use a ranked match, then, that, then it gives it the most points when it's glowing. Um, when you release a Karibo... Um, Release it generally when it's at least at Sphere Creepo. Uh, if you want a shiny, shinier one, uh, you're going to Relink Creepo. Um, and then if you want the the, the best uh, looking card, you got to wait until it's a Creeborn. So um, yeah, it's just another another card right now that we are getting. Um, we've got a lot of uh, skill and and tickets. Um, 
lot of options when it comes to getting free stuff right now. Uh, that's the good thing about KC Cup. So, um, I know a lot of you listen to a few different um, shows, especially if you listened to last week's show. Um, I Again, I want to thank all those guys for coming on. Um, I'm a, a big fan of all their podcasts, all the different things that they do uh, on their podcast. They each have some benefit uh, to people who... You know, we can't always be on watching um, a Yugi Tuber. So that's the great part about podcasting is, you know, if you're driving, it's safer to drive listening to a podcast than it would be to, say, watch something. Uh, unless you're my friend Kyler, who is driving a Tesla and your car basically drives for itself. So um, I do want to thank all those guys again. Um, we had a lot of fun and I definitely want to do it again. So, um, anytime a a big event comes up, um, definitely I'm going to get in touch with them and see if they want to be on. And that goes both ways, guys. If you are recording a podcast and you want to, uh, talk to, uh, the old, the old man over here, rain, uh, definitely I will, uh, I will make sure that I will try my hardest to get on your show. So, uh, and that goes out to anybody out there who is recording podcasts right now, you know, they're, they're definitely, uh, can ask different questions and and things like that. Best place to do that though, is on my discord. Um, if you get on my discord, you're able to talk to a bunch of people about deck building. You can go and, um, have a few different discussions on different things when it comes to dual links. Um, the other thing that we've got going on as well, uh, that I have going on as well, is on my Discord, there is a spot on there um, that has a link to be able to record messages. So I want to start, um, you know, if, if you want to ask any kind of question, things like that, you can record a message. So go on there, hit the link, record the message, and I will post your message on the next episode that I have up after you record that and if it's a question a message whatever it gets posted on there um other ways to contact me i do have an email um i set up an email a while ago for the show uh when it had its previous title and i kept that email going so uh the email is the number two old old the number two again and ygo at gmail.com. So that is too old to Yu-Gi-Oh at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, um, comments, concerns, yes, it's just on that one. Uh, if you want me to advertise your product on a show, if you want me to go on a roundtable on your podcast, any questions, any comments, any concerns on that email to old to ygo dot or sorry at hotmail.com or no sorry it is a gmail account yeah this is editing is uh is definitely something that i normally do but i guess going through it we'll just uh, leave the the fibs on there so Last week, we talked about a lot of different things coming up into the Casey Cup. Uh, a lot of guys are running, um, sounds like a lot of them want to run the Sharanui deck. Um, 
uh, running the Mayakashi build, running uh, the Synchro engine to get them through. Um, the, the big thing that you got to realize, um, players of Duel Links, is there's new decks coming out all the time. But if you feel comfortable running a deck, even though it might not be as powerful as something that is something else, it's always good to try those decks, but you are always going to be a better pilot if you're flying a ship you know how to fly or flying a plane that you know how to fly. You are always going to be a better driver when you know the vehicle that you're driving. And the same goes with Duel Links, the same goes with Yu-Gi-Oh, the same goes with Magic. If you know the ins and outs and all the plays of the deck that you have, you are very much better off running something that you are super comfortable with than jumping into something that you know a few plays, but you don't know quite how fast you're going to be able to go. You don't know how the turns are, how tighter the turn is. You don't know how to park that thing. So that's the big thing when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh! And when it comes to competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Now, competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! There are a lot of ways to get kind of started into it, especially in Duel Links. Uh, first thing to do, get playing other people. Don't just go on the ladder, guys. It's pretty easy to go onto a Discord and, and say, hey, I'm going to open up this, uh, I'm going to open up a duel room if anybody wants to get on there and duel. I want to test something. If you do that, I would say nine times out of ten, almost ten times out of ten, at least one or two people will jump on just so that you can test stuff. Because most people want to test their stuff against other people who are playing other types of decks. That's the only way you get better. I'm going to go back to something that I learned in the TCG, okay? The first time I purchased uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh! starter deck uh, was way back in the day when it first came out. Uh, I kind of went through a little bit of the story. So um, most of the time we, we bought we bought the original starter decks and then we bought a bunch of, uh, a bunch of packs cards and we kind of built our little jank decks. Uh, we... We mostly were magic players that kind of were bored. We wanted something different. Our local store had it, so we bought it. And honestly, uh, we were just sitting around having a few drinks and playing Yu-Gi-Oh. That's where I started playing. Um, I was, I believe I was 19 when I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh, which, you know, is, is odd enough as it is. So we played and... Uh, we played and played and played and we went back and got more packs and built built these decks and then we would just get together every so often and you know it's like oh i found this weird card and i'm gonna tech it into my deck and and then we get our decks all tuned up that we think are great and then uh, a friend of mine said hey i heard there's a place that you can go play and they do tournaments on sundays so that's when I went to my first tournament, was on a Sunday um, a long time ago. Uh, it would have been, I, I'm going to say, the, I want to say the the set that um, 
uh, Sacred Phoenix of Nephestus wasn't wasn't quite out yet. Um, Invasion of Chaos, I believe, had just come out, and they had the signs up for the um, for the for the new sneak peek that they were going to do in a couple weeks. So I was I went there. Um, I had a warrior deck. Uh, it was basically a warrior toolbox deck, but I didn't know it was warrior toolbox. Uh, that was the deck I was running at the time, and. I went and played my first game, and these guys have been playing for a long time, and they played, uh, the first guy I went against actually had a, a Gravekeeper deck, and he stomped me, because I had no idea what that deck was. We got whatever kind of random packs that we had, and um, he just destroyed me. Just destroyed me. And... I didn't let it bother me because I knew, hey, these are these are kind of cool, and I could see the plays that they had, and it wasn't the same plays that my buddies had, because my buddies, most of them played starter decks. Uh, I was the only one that was me and my my other my other pal Craig were the only ones that were really buying a lot of stuff. So going into it, I didn't know if. I didn't really know if anybody would have as good of a deck. And that's not to say that that tournament wasn't an eye-opener, because I did beat a lot of people in that tournament as well. Uh, it's just that first guy, and that first guy ended up uh, coming in second. Uh, another guy was running a... Uh, I think at the time it was, um, it was like a... It wasn't quite... I do believe he was running Metamorphosis, but I don't think it was a a like a goat a goat deck from back in the day. Um, but I do remember Metamorphosis being a card he ran because he had an extra deck that was had basically every single um, <laughs> every single monster that you can think of that was a um, that was a fusion monster in his extra deck. <laughs> He had an extra deck of about uh, 400 cards. <laughs> I do remember that. It was huge. Like, he had a secondary deck box, and he said, this is my extra deck. And that was before the rule of the 15-card extra deck came into play. So he basically had every every card. Um, I also remember that's where I learned about trading and, and all that uh, as far as um, etiquette when it comes to trading making sure everything's nice and clean in a in a binder double sleeves you know sleeve and then in your in your binder sleeve so uh that's when we cleaned all that stuff up um yeah it was it was an eye-opening experience but the main thing i learned which is something that came to, with that is you only get better the more people you play against and in a competitive scene like going from just doing king games or in the ladder going from that to a major scene going from that to a major competitive scene going into say like meta weekly and stuff uh you have to learn things like siding uh, what's a good side card compared to what's a good main board card um so good siding is based on the meta um your extra slots for your side deck you're always going to make sure that they're meta decisions so for newer players who haven't done that um things that 
you know you're going to be playing against that don't quite fit in your deck, um, but you want to have them in your deck just in case. Um, I don't always necessarily say, you know, put three copies of something in your side. Generally, you want two or one copy, uh, especially if you can move your deck fast, um, if you can move through stuff. But cards like Lance um, is is a great card to have. Um, cards like System Down uh, right now, especially that's one of the main ways to kind of get through Crystrons. System Down is is a, a showstopper against that deck. Um, you know, those are cards that you're going to play. Uh, Artifact Lancia. Artifact Lancia is probably one of the most commonly looked over cards i would say right now when it comes to playing in the competitive scene there are so many different things you can do with lancia um, the main thing with lancia is anytime someone would be banishing something you play lancia you're protecting stuff you know it stops cosmic cyclone it stops them from karma cutting you it stops them from banishing their own stuff to special summon stuff Artifact Lancia is a fantastic card that should be, if it's not in a main deck because you really can't fit it in your main board, it should always be considered a great side. So, cards like that. Um, if you don't have Cosmic Cyclone in your, in your main board, always side Cosmic Cyclone because you don't know what your deck is weak against unless unless you play it a lot and being able to go into your side to fix a few things to get rid of stuff you know if you're weak against necro valley you're definitely going to want to go through that all right uh, i told everybody i was going to talk about spear holder um so noble knight spear holder um the that's a card that i saw played uh, most recently and what it does so you tribute it and you get to add a equip spell from your deck to your hand now what deck would i have seen that in well we have a bunch of people playing the new starter deck or that uh, or sorry structure deck that came out with um master koga now in there is an equip spell called Favorite Hero. And that is the most efficient way to add it to your hand. You can get it right away. So if you have a Neos Fusion and that guy in your hand, you play him. So you can add your you can add your spell right to your hand. That is the easiest way to search out that spell. So if you are looking to play that deck is definitely a good thought if you want to run that um, that would be a, a, a decent one to pop out and I have seen a lot of players starting to think that way and they're playing it so um, earlier on I seen a lot of people playing that <clears throat> so it's a it's if you're playing favorite hero it's a pretty good tech you know uh, if you're playing, if you want to, you know, they say, oh, don't run three of them. Honestly, the card is good enough. You could run three. Um, but that deck has so many bricks in it that, you know, that might might be a problem as well. So um, if you have the God Hand with that deck, 
it's a pretty good deck to have a god hand with, but it does have a lot of issues and, and problems. Um, a lot of people are running um, Belisa Squad. Um, I noticed uh, kind of an uptick in the, in the players playing Belisa Squad. So if you're playing Belisa Squad, I would say it might be time to switch. Um, I find that the trap that's probably doing a lot more um, damage right now is Karma Cut. Uh, Karma Cut is great because what Karma Cut does is you're going to discard a card. Karma Cut is a trap. You're going to discard a card from your hand to select a monster on the field and banish it. And you banish every copy that is in the graveyard of that. So it if they summon, say, Alistair the Invoker, they have a few copies of Alistair in the grave, they're all gone. Uh, if you're going against an invoked deck and they have a Malehu in the grave, which most of the time they do, you're getting rid of Malehu. Um, blue Eyes is a big one. How often do you see them have a couple Blue Eyes in the graveyard, a Blue Eyes on the field? Yeah, you're getting rid of all of the Blue Eyes. So it it is a very good card right now to run. Karma Cut, I definitely would look into it. Um, so yeah, that, that basically, I would say, ends the segment. Um, yeah, I'll be back in a few minutes and we'll talk about something else. So, after I recorded the last episode, uh, the round table, there were some comments going around, and I'm going to discuss them right now. One of the other shows, Duelings with the Boys, I've been a guest on a few times. There are, um, you know, some things said. I, uh... I didn't invite all the boys on the show because of the things they would say. No, actually, um, I got in contact with Kyler and he said that they were all working and he would be able to be a guest. Uh, they weren't able to. So that kind of explains that. Um, I would have had them on. I had no problem with that. Um, my show, uh, generally, I don't like to have a lot of swearing just because uh, I would rather use um, uh, better language than that um, I you know I have my, my son on the show before but uh, you know myself uh, I work factory work so my mouth isn't always the cleanest when it comes to uh, the language that comes out of it I they, we call it factory mouth uh, so and my kids have heard from time to time you know you're hammering and you smash your thumb they've heard uh, a few dark words as far as that goes so um you know the language wise i'm not i'm not a big fan of some of the other words they have um you know um i have family members that are uh you know um a, a few different things um for one um coming out and saying initially right off the bat uh, i have an aunt that uh you know i have two aunts and, um, you know, they're some of the greatest people I've ever been in contact with. 
Um, on the flip side as well, when it comes to the R word that I hear a lot on there, uh, my son who's been on the show, he has autism. So um, I'm not a big fan of using that word. He has a form of autism. Uh, he is on the higher end of the spectrum. And uh, he has uh, what they used to call Asperger's. So what Asperger's is, is um, it's social autism. He has a hard time uh, being able to relate with people. He has a hard time with um, a few different things when it comes to uh, social um, social skills that most people naturally have, he lacks. So there's a lot of uh, training, um, uh, applied behavioral training that we've gone through with him. Um, and, you know, he's coming a long way. Um, I kind of put that as what people get when they um, kind of like a nerdier person at... Um, So like, um, if I go to a card shop, there's a lot of socially awkward people that go to uh, a few of my card shops. I would say that would be close to what it's like, I guess. I'm not saying that they have Asperger's, but it is something that uh, comes up as well. His emotion is more on a switch. So when he's happy and excited, he's loud and happy and excited. When he's sad, he's sad you know right away upset crying that kind of stuff so like it's a switch not a dial so those are things that myself my wife my his teachers uh, all the people in my house so my other son and my daughter those are things that we've all kind of gone through um, on that end and my family there's a few other people that had other issues um, so I don't like using the R word. Um, I know they use it out of, um, essentially it's, uh, it's used as a slang for just, you know, you did something not, not that bright. And the, the word, um, you know, the word retard as far as that goes, uh, which like I said, I don't like using is, is for, um, is for, you know, slow is what that is uh is comes from so i don't like that kind of language so yeah guys i mean i have no problem with you coming on the show but cleaning up the language is something that i do think that uh is something that you might might look into um especially if you want people to listen that will actually um you know take you guys a little a little more seriously uh, using correct language is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So, um, but I do love those guys. I love their show. Um, you know, it reminds me of like in the last segment, I was talking about playing with my buddies. That's kind of how it is. And, and when life goes on and, and, you know, you get older and you have kids and you have jobs, you kind of get away from just sitting down with a couple buddies, having a few brews. And I'm glad to see that they've taken that time and they've recorded it for themselves. So, you know, kudos to them. Um, the other thing that come up on that episode was uh, our uh, my, my friend Shad. Now, Shad and I, uh, we get along as far as, you know, we're both wrestling fans. Uh, I don't really talk about wrestling on the show, but a huge wrestling fan. I've uh, been a huge wrestling fan my whole life. In fact, when I was 
I want to say 19. Um, well, I mean, when I was 17 and, and 17 and 18, I was in a backyard wrestling federation. A bunch of us got together and, and, you know, put these, put a ramshackle ring together and we put on shows every week and people in the area came and watched. And then I transitioned that when a lot of my friends were going to school. So when everybody else was going to college, I actually went to work because um, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't come from a lot of money. So I went to work and on my time where I wasn't working, I actually went to wrestling school and I did that for about two years. So my wife had to put up with that. My wife was my girlfriend at the time. She had to put up with me going back and forth. Um, I drove two hours, just about two hours to the wrestling school that was local to me. And, uh, yeah, I did that. Um, you know, I sound very meek as far as that goes, uh, as far as my, my, uh, my tonage and my voice. But, um, uh, I, as far as, you know, in a wrestling ring, I am six foot three and I'm about 317 pounds. So in a wrestling ring, I kind of, uh, <laughs> I, I did very well. Let's just say that. I have no problem throwing people around. And um, from there, uh, I went to went and took a course in, uh, in radio. Um, so I went to a media college, and I did radio, and I did um, uh, videography. So I uh, was doing, like, cameraman work and stuff like that, but... The job that I got out of that really didn't pay well, and radio kind of went downhill. So um, I went to work, and I worked in factories, and did a lot of different jobs uh, getting there. So as far as that goes, um, that kind of leads me to me being such a huge wrestling fan. And Shad and I both have had arguments on the discords uh, about him being such a huge fan of Seth Rollins and him thinking he is the world's best champ. Um, we had a duel, I want to say when Black Wings came out, and I did not have everything. I had one Samoon. Um, I had one, um, one Black Whirlwind, and he was playing Desperado, which, if anyone knows Black Wings, Desperado is a hard counter to that. I uh, was kind of running a, a wacky build that used, um, that was able to summon um, uh, the number five, the level five. Um, I, it was, it was kind of, it was pretty janky, but I wanted to try the deck. So that being said, yes, yes, Shad, you did beat my janky Black Wings. You did, hundred percent. You did, but. What he doesn't really mention past that is um, I was in a bunch of sneak peeks with him, which is 100% luck and deck building, which Shad lost to me quite a few times. Um, we will also talk about when I've gone to their Shadow Realm duels and I was running Dark Lords. I beat Shad every single duel we played. So... You know, as far as him saying he's better than this guy, um, you know, anybody's lucky when it comes to a, a deck, but no, I, I do not believe, 
and many other people know that uh, Shad is not as good as this guy. Shad's claim to fame is he's reached King of Games. We've all reached King of Games, buddy. Well, what is it, Ernie hasn't reached King of Games? I don't know. One of those guys. The only ones I really uh, talk to very often it would be Kyler and Shad. So um, those two are uh, are good dudes. But he still called me out. And so this next promo, Shad, it's for you. Shad, you call yourself the king. You call yourself the world's best champ. Well, guess what, brother? You aren't. When it comes down to you and me, we're going to sit down. We're going to have ourselves a duel. Guess what, brother? In the end, it's going to be a big boot. It's going to be off the rope. Drop that leg, brother. One, two, three. Done. That's what's going to happen. So, Shad, that's my wrestling style promo for you. And I will definitely have you as a guest on my show. You know, once you are able to get some time to jump on we'll definitely have you on we'll we'll go through that but i do think that we should get together for the ultimate challenge rain versus shad and we want to make sure that it's going to be a huge match i want to have people watching i want to have a bunch of guys on on the server getting in there and seeing it and I want to see what he's made of. So we got to figure this out, but we'll get together and we will definitely duel. Um, I was on their, I was on their Shadow Realm duels on Monday. It was, and uh, last Monday, and I ran um, kind of like a a weird Goki build. I was t- trying out. Um, had some plays, but like I said, it's Goki, so um, they're they're not the best deck. Uh, it was before I found my the uh, Endless Trap Hell version, which is good. It's probably the best version that I've played so far. Um, it's not the best deck that I play. Definitely not. Because you know your boy Rain. He has all kinds of decks. Um, you know, I've got quite a few different decks that I can use Um, so definitely uh, we should jump on there and and do a challenge this week I work afternoons so um, I unfortunately will not be done work until after uh, 11 so that means that I will not be able to participate in the Shadow Realm duels this week Um, I might pop in just for their chat um, afterwards, because um, I'm I'm on the I'm on the other side of, they're on the west coast. I'm kind of uh, eastern central area um, in Ontario. So um, when they record their podcast is pretty close to the time I'm done work. So definitely will uh, be on there and uh, around there just to just to you know have my voice heard. 
So that is uh, is pretty much the episode, guys. Um, had a little bit of a long one. Uh, not a whole lot going on, so it's mostly rain rambling. Uh, should be Duel Links ra- rambling radio with rain this week, but at least we talked about some fun stuff. Um, uh, one more thing I'm going to get into. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, uh, racial injustice going on out there. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of different issues happening stemming from the events that happened in the United States last week uh, and the week prior. Um, all during this this really bad pandemic. Um, uh, I haven't really stated before, um, as far as you know, my my ethnicity. Um, most people would think, yeah, you know, uh, Rain's probably a white dude. Um, in fact, um, I I do have French lineage. Uh, the 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 word Rain is actually part of my last name. Um, my lineage is on my dad's side, it's French. So, um, so my last name is Rainier, which is a French name. Um, on the other side, uh, my mom's side, uh, we are all, uh, first nation. Uh, so what first nation is, is in, uh, America, they call that, um, they call that American Indian. Um, you know, that's one of the different different verbiages as far as that in Canada we call it First Nation I am Ojibwe um, I have a reserve that is just a little outside of um, outside of the the town I, I grew up in uh, there's a reserve that um, most of my cousins uh, my grandparents my great-grandparents um, and and prior to that uh, many family members live on um, and in the pandemic, uh, right now, we are incredibly susceptible to catching different diseases, different illnesses because of our, our lineage. So uh, my my actual um, my actual area where uh, my 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 tribe comes from um, has been hit uh, extra hard. So we actually locked down that area. Um, I hope everything gets opened back up. We have a lot of elders out there, so hopefully everything goes well for them. Um, you know, um, I, I do hope that they're doing well. Miigwech, uh, to my Ojibwe people. So, um, yeah, out, out there, uh, you know, in the world, there's a lot of racial injustice. Um, there's a lot of things that happened in, in our history, um, in, in their history as well. Um, History, they say, is always told by the by the victors. Uh, the The people who lose history do not normally have a voice. And um, you know, the great part is we have documented history on a lot of this stuff. Um, I I grew up ten minutes from a major part in Canadian Underground Railroad history. Um, you know, uh, Uncle Tom's cabin is just down the road from where I grew up. So we've we've had a lot of um a lot of different moments that have happened in in this nation and and north american history in fact um i'm just i'm just glad that um for myself and for my kids 
you know, color has never been a, uh, a thing that, that we've, um, really talked about as far as being different. Um, everybody is very much the same. So, um, you know, black lives matter. Absolutely. I think the big thing though, is all lives matter guys, your life, my life, every life matters. So why not just, you know, be nicer to each other. You know, help someone when they need help. If you see someone that, uh, you know, some kind of injustice is, is happening near you, make sure you stand up for that person because they might not be able to stand up for themselves. You know, we all, we all are in the end, red, yellow, black, green, blue, purple, orange, polka dots, doesn't matter what, what we are. We are all people in this beautiful blue planet trying to make make it to the next day so guys stay safe out there hug your loved ones for me pitter patter let's get at her i love you all and i hope to hear from you next week take care